Welcome to Pontifax. I'm Fry. And I'm Brie, ranking all of the popes from Peter to Francis. But that's not what we're doing this episode. This is our first special episode that's still totally pope related, but in it, I'm going to tell you all about my papal audience when I was in Rome. That'll be really exciting. It was. It was very, very exciting. And I think I definitely have a lot to talk about with it. But before we get there, We have an exciting, exciting announcement to make, so I guess we should jump right into that first. Let's just say, before even the exciting announcement, today, as of recording, we just hit 20,000 downloads. Yeah, that's, uh, like, what are we at now? At 9.29 p.m. At 9.29 p.m., we are at... 20,253 downloads. Holy shame bail. That is, that's crazy. I, I can't even believe that our podcast has existed for three months and some days, and now it's hit 20,000 downloads. So that's amazing. That's so many. And so for our special announcement, we had set a goal that we are going to make this special announcement at either six months of episodes or when we hit 10,000 downloads. <laughs> Look how that worked out. And we have since doubled that, and now we are making that announcement. We are happy, very happy, and excited to announce that we are launching a Patreon for all of our favorite Pope listeners. Yay! <laughs> It's currently in review. It's currently in review, and you're not going to hear this episode until it's out of review. But it's still really exciting, because we are going to be launching the Conclave, and you can join us there for extra bonus features. If you join our Patreon, which will be at www.patreon.com slash pontifaxpod, there are a couple different ways that you can support the show couple different options there for you to, you know, what do we want to say here? I don't know. It's starting to feel like a PBS pledge drive. Well, we don't want that. If you join us on Patreon, we're just, we're going to give you an idea of what our tiers look like here so that you know what to expect and you can start thinking about if this is something that you were excited about or want to do. You'll know what you can expect. If you support us at the $1 level, anywhere up to $5 a month, we will be granting you a plenary indulgence. Because why not? Why not get a full remission of your temporal punishments and sins on this podcast? Because our thank you section isn't long enough yet. This is basically our readout thank yous, but we are also going to add the added benefit of saving your soul. At the $5 tier... We will have bonus episodes available on the anti-popes, some Pope media. I know some people really want us to watch the young Pope. I know. It's it's going to be a pretty... It should be interesting when we do that one, mainly because I hated it. And I hated it so much, and I'm so angry about it. You told me not to watch it at all. I, I still really hate it, but I'm going to rewatch it just so that we can talk about it. And I will probably be talking about how much I hate it and the fact that I have not forgiven Jude Law in anything else he's in 
because of the young Pope. I also assume that we're going to get Pope Joan in these bonus episodes. Yes, we're definitely at some point going to cover legendary popes. I'm hoping we can also cover, like, the culty people who have decided to call themselves popes. The fake popes. Yeah, and fictional popes, too, of any sort. Not just media, but if there's, like, a great fictional pope somewhere... We're going to go over it. Oh, yeah. There was that book series I found where there's like a pope who solves murders. And we're also going to probably cover things like the pope who wrote porn. We are going to read his porn. I have a copy. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Clementine literature, because why not? We're We're going to read all of this fun stuff. If you're into that, there's definitely going to be two different types of bonus episodes going out if you're looking for the ones on the anti-popes or the research heavy ones we're looking to bring those out every other month but we're probably going to do some type of bonus episode that's light and fun as well for five dollars a month you can get that so at our ten dollar tier we will give you early access to our merchandise you want that circular friend shirt? I know you do. Oh, oh, and if you don't want a circular friend shirt, what are you doing here in the first place? This should be interesting. We don't actually have any merchandise yet, but as we come up with ideas, and this is actually, this is even a perfect time. If you have an idea that you'd like to put forth that we can make happen, we're going to be listening to Patreons first because they get the first digs and they'll get 20% off anything that they can use this at any time, so... It's a coupon. Yeah. And you'll still get the bonus episodes for that, for sure. And then at $15, you can join our Conclave Discord server. Yes, that includes all of our bonus episodes. This includes early access to merchandise, just like the last tier. And you get to join us on Discord, where we will be having lots of fun off-air papal decisions. We will be shooting the sh- We will be being ourselves and you can join us there and hopefully that ends up really cool and engaging and we build a community so that's what we got going on here this is going to help us hopefully make the show self-sustaining so that it doesn't cost us money to produce that it's going to help us get research materials that it's going to help us compensate some of the people who went out on a limb for us uh yeah it's Hopefully it should be really good, really exciting. If you're into the whole Patreon thing, www.patreon.com slash pontifexpod. Come check it out. We're excited. Hopefully you're excited too. So then with that exciting announcement out of the way, um, I guess we can jump right into what we're going to be talking about, which was the papal audience that I attended in Rome on August 1st of this year when I was there. I guess before we really get into what happens at a papal audience, we should talk about what it took to attend the papal audience. And if this is something you are looking at doing, let me tell you a little bit about it so you can do it. First of all, tickets are free. It doesn't actually cost anything to go to a papal audience, but tickets are required so you do have to email in and apply. You have to basically get in contact with someone at the Vatican and apply. I emailed into the Vatican repeatedly and corresponded with a woman, Sister Mary Juanita, who was very, very helpful. 
Now, I've seen some discrepancy online about not always needing tickets to get into a papal audience, and sometimes you can get in, but that seems really dependent on the day, and it does take a long time to get approved for tickets as well, so if this is something you're thinking of doing, get on it really early. It's a really easy process. Sometimes you may just not hear back from them, but Sister Mary Juanita was lovely, so... For me, it was fairly easy, and I started the process about a year in advance, because that's how I plan things. Well, I mean, if that's what you really want to do, you want to make sure you have tickets for it. Oh yeah, I spent the whole year going, if I get to meet the Pope, it will be better than my wedding. And then I was sure I was going to cry. One thing that I think a lot of people are confused about is that a papal audience isn't entirely private. It is still a public event. You are still attending as one of many. But if you happen to be there when they hold the papal audiences inside, they're actually much smaller. And we were were really lucky with this because there had been a papal audience that had happened the day before, which is not common. Usually it's only on Wednesdays. But when we were in Rome, there were 70,000 altar servers that were there on pilgrimage, and they had their own papal audience that day before, and they had theirs outside, and it was so hot that before they had the papal audience, I was actually standing in St. Peter's Square watching this happen, get all set up. They had to hose down the entire St. Peter's Square with fire hoses because everything was too hot and they were afraid that everybody was going to get heat stroke. They basically soaked everything and so that papal audience was 70,000 people large for comparison purposes. Yeah, that's more like a rock concert at that point. Yeah, it's it's huge and it was full of the 70,000 altar people who were by the way super annoying all around Rome the whole time we were there. But that's another gripe. I feel like my cousins went on that pilgrimage at some point in their lives. Probably, but I can say with surety after reading all the stats that 60,000 of the 70,000 were from Germany. And they were the who thought it was really cool to sing on buses while everyone's really, really hot and tired in all the public transit. And I think everyone just hated them. So anyways, in comparison... Our papal audience the next day was scheduled to be inside uh, because it was so hot. It was 40 degrees Celsius that day. And what's that in Fahrenheit? I don't know. I don't do messed up math. Uh, That's 104. Ouch. That's a lot. And it was like 60% humidity as well. Really hot. Yeah. So when a papal audience takes place inside, it's held at the Pope Paul VI Audience Hall, and it only has seating for 6,300. So from 70,000 to 6,300, it's a lot smaller. Again, if you're going to go to one of those ones, make sure you have tickets, because if you're standing outside and you're hoping to get in, there's probably 7,000 people there that have tickets. And everyone's there super early. It starts at 10 in the morning, and it runs for about two hours. And I was there at 6 a.m., and I was not on my own. There were there were lots of people there. We were the first people, but there were lots of us. So 
by the time that they actually even let us through security at like 8 a.m. It was just jam-packed, so we got a good spot. While we were in line, we made friends with a man, a really young man who's studying at seminary in Rome. Oh, Yeah, and he was really, really sweet. He'd done this whole thing before, and he was really, really excited. And he was telling us all about his experience and how much he loved it and how what a big fan he was of Pope Francis. And then, then we told him we were getting married in a couple days, and he he said a prayer for us and the whole thing. He was super, super sweet, and he was telling us about his seminary, and he has one more year in, or at least within this year, he's going to be a deacon, and then one more after that, he will be a priest in Rome. So I doubt he'll ever hear this, but Joseph, Henry, if you hear this, we are praying for you too, and we hope everything goes really good. So, because he asked us to pray for him, so we're like, yeah, totally. We can get the prayer on for someone who asks. <laughs> yeah, it, he was super, super sweet. And it, when, even when he was talking about it, you could see that this is a man who absolutely 100% wants to be a priest. And I guess that's not something I I interact with often in my life. I live in a very Protestant country, so seeing his enthusiasm was really cool. And he was really nice. I told you... um my cousin's friend that we grew up with, he was always set to be a priest for, like, ever. Yeah, but I didn't get to meet him this time. I, I don't know if you'll meet him. Well, maybe we need to interview him when we need to talk to priesty people. <laughs> it's possible. It's true. But yeah, we really enjoyed talking to Joseph Henry, and that's probably because he was the nicest person in line. I swear being in line to go and meet the Pope had some of the most unchristian behavior I have ever seen in my life. People were generally awful. Really? Super, super awful. There was, like, people who were fighting about their spots in line. There were people who were cutting in line. Once we actually got in through security, you get a seat, and you want to be kind of like, Instead of being near the front, because it really doesn't matter how close you are to the front, you want to be near the middle where he actually comes down the aisle. And so we got to be right on the aisle. And obviously when he comes out, everybody stands up and kind of crowds towards that spot, which is fine. But what happened then is a whole bunch of people, when everyone got up to crowd to that spot, decided they were going to steal everyone else's (gasps) seats that they had already selected. And there was this poor, poor young boy, like someone actually stole my seat, but I'm less mad about that because the seats were close enough together that I was able to sit basically between Jordan's seat and the person's next to me seat so that my butt was just hanging in midair, but like I was still okay. But this little boy behind me, this little young East Indian boy who spoke, I don't, he, he didn't speak English. He didn't speak Italian. And he was there with his family, and some super Italian woman stole his seat and wouldn't give it back, so he had to sit on the floor, so he was crying the whole time. Oh. And when I finally got my seat back, I actually, like, offered to share it with him because I felt so bad, but I was just like, shame, shame on all you people who are stealing seats. Like, we're here to meet the Pope. From a small child who's literally having a tantrum of, like, not really a tantrum. Like, he was he was 
legitimately upset. He was in the right. Yeah, and he was literally in pain sitting on the floor. Like, it was not a comfortable floor, and the seats are really close together, so he's just basically crowded in his parents' legs, and it was awful, and I felt really, really bad for him. Eventually, some of the people moved off a little bit and gave their seats back, but by that point, it was like, you know, why bother? But people were total dicks about it. Um, <laughs> when we were in line getting through security, uh, I kind of got pushed out of the line. So I was like, because it was kind of a crowded line. Italy doesn't know how to queue. But like, we were still in line, and the person in front of me, like, I ended up beside them rather than behind them. And when we come up to go through the metal detector, I kind of gave him, you're like, oh, no, you're first, right? Like, I'm behind you, but because of the crowd, I'm beside you. So I kind of, like, gently was like, after you type of thing. And he starts snapping his fingers in my face like I was trying to cut him off. And I'm like, no, no, like, just really angry, aggressive people. So, uh, yeah. So prepare yourself for that. Prepare to punch everybody. Yeah, yeah. Be prepared to throw some, throw, throw your hands a little bit. It really didn't matter because I already knew what we were doing. We were looking for that seat right on the edge, right on where he was coming through. And I got it. And all those people who were like aggressively fighting did not. So I was like, you didn't end up getting the best spot anyways. They all crowded towards the front and had no idea what they were doing. Remember, the middle is better. Because then you actually get to, like, shake his hand and all of those things. So, so yeah, you get in, you get your seat, um, everyone gets really, really jazzed, and you're probably in there for, like, an hour and a half before he actually comes out. Um, but he comes down, and it, it just turns into, like, wild frenzy, and everyone's screaming, Papa Francesco! Papa Francesco! And super, super exciting. And he's shaking as many hands as he can, and he's greeting people, and, like, blessing little babies and just the biggest smile on his face he was like as excited as everyone else there was and that was really cool you know he sh he shook my hand he shook a couple people's hands along the way and he touched you i know and then um you know so he makes his way to the front and it obviously takes like a while to get there and everyone goes and sits back down once he's like past your spot and you've taken as many photos as you can I will post, or I have posted some of the photos that I got, but none of when he was real, like right with me because I was like super in the moment. Anyways, so he gets up on stage, or if he's outside onto the the window, and he greets all the special groups who are present first. Like um, during our people audience there was an entire convent of sisters who had come from the outskirts of rome so it was all of them and so when he greeted them personally they were like ah! just like rock star moment a trl oh yeah totally they were so jazzed to get a special nod from the pope and so you know there's a couple special groups there and he you know he talks about like oh he welcomes all the people from north america and welcomes all the people from asia and all the people from Brazil, because there were lots of them. And and then he gives his homily. And the homily for when we were there was, I guess, part of a series he was doing on the catechesis about the Ten Commandments. So we were there for the idolatry homily. 
And he was talking about temptation of idolatry in the modern world, specifically like money and someone's image and like cars and smartphones. And he said, an idol is really a projection of the self onto an object or a project that is incompatible with love. I have a whole summary of the general audience I attended, and I'll put it in the show notes if you want to actually read what he said in total. So he does this homily, and he does it in Italian, and then he sits back down, and there is a bishop there, or a cardinal there, who represents pretty much every language that someone there could speak, and they do the homily in those languages. So it's done in Italian with the Pope, and then it's done in German, and then it's done in English, and then it's done in French, and then it's done in Portuguese, Chinese, Japanese. It was done in many, many languages. And the only guy who was, like, super into it was the Portuguese guy. He was just, like, really, really into dramatic reading. Everyone else just kind of, you know, gave it. Like, you've kind of probably already got the gist by now about what he's talking about. And the whole time that they're doing this, Pope Francis sits on his little chair up front, and he has that old grandpa man going to fall asleep sitting up. Yes. Stance that he's got, you know, he's he's got his hand on his legs, and he just kind of, his head is just slightly leaned forward like, oh, Papa Francesco, you are just going to nod off on us on any moment here. It's time for a nap. He looks like he's ready for a nap at that point, but... You know, he talks, and he does a little bit more after that, and then he confers a general blessing on everyone who is present and extends it to their families. So if you, you know, especially if your family member is sick, he puts special care on that. And then he does the blessing of religious objects, which is a process, and then you go. So... I was able to get my grandmother's rosary blessed, which was cool because my, my grandmother has long since passed away, but it's really, really special to my aunt and my aunt is super special to me. So I was really glad to take it and get it blessed, even though nobody in my family but my grandmother was Catholic. We all kind of get the value of that. And then, of course, I bought a rosary for myself while we are in Rome, and it has Francis on it, and I got that blessed for me. Like, is it made out of anything cool? It, it's made, well, yeah, actually, it's, um, the wood is from Italy, and they soak it in rose petals, so it smells, like, really strongly like rose. I got one in Mexico that was made out of dried and pressed rose petals. Nice. That would be cool. I got it at whatever, that guy... That saint guy who threw, like, rose petals on the ground. I don't know what saint that is yet, but we'll find out in time. Whatever his church is. I went there. That's that's wicked cool. No, mine was, um, like, it's cool. It's it's definitely Italian wood and all of that. And it's it still actually smells very strongly of rose. But it, it was definitely one of those ones that you buy when you're at the Vatican and there's booths of people. And so it's like, it was like four euros or something. Um, I just wanted to have one that came specifically from the Vatican, so I totally fed into that tourist market. No big deal. And then I bought a Francis bo bobblehead as well, because I need that for my Pontifex office. I'm uh, very unhappy to tell you that uh, the Francis Funko Pop 
was made only for Asia, and they only made like 200 of them. I know, and I'm so upset about it because it's the only Funko Pop I want in the world. If anyone in Asia... If you are living in (laughs) Asia, (laughs) by all means, I would love you forever and ever and ever and ever, and that would just be so cool, but I just can't imagine there's any way that we're going to find that. I'm assuming that whoever has them wanted them. It wasn't like a, a weird purchase. Like, oh, I'm at a convention. Oh, I guess I'll buy the Pope. Yeah, I mean, I was I was kind of hoping that um, they would do it again because he's in Ireland, or he was just in Ireland this weekend, and so I was hoping something would happen there. But it didn't. So I got my Francis bobblehead. And actually, when we were in Florence, which was our next visit for the actual wedding, there was a store down by the Ponte Santo Spirito where it's just all like special rubber ducks. And I went in there specifically and I'm like, do you have a Pope rubber duck? And they did, but it looked more like a cardinal. So I was quite disappointed. So I didn't buy it because nothing about it said Pope. That's fair. Oh, maybe we can just incessantly tweet Funko Pop and make them print us one. Oh, I don't think they'll do that for us, but we could try. I mean, I was very persistent with emailing the Vatican about getting papal audience tickets, and it worked, so maybe? Maybe we need to start a letter-writing campaign? Who do we talk to at Funko Pop? Just go straight to the top. But yeah, I guess that kind of wraps it up. I guess the last thing I will leave it on is if you want Pope Francis merchandise, the street right outside of the Vatican is like the best place ever because they have like Pope sculptures and Pope bobbleheads and Pope soaps and Pope everything. And I wanted some of it. And I also saw a guy that had a shirt that had Francis's face on the fawns. I wanted it so badly, but I don't think he got it in the city because I couldn't find it anywhere I looked. Oh, no, I feel like someone linked that to me. It was probably Iris. Oh, well, then we need to find it because I wanted it so badly. And then, yeah, um, it was a great experience. It was super wonderful. I love Pope Francis as much as I ever did. I did not cry because I really only got to, like, have that brief split-second moment. But uh, I was super, super excited, and it was it was like being at a rock concert for real for this little, humble, modest Pope man who it was just friendly and wonderful to everybody, so that was cool. Oh, and if you are getting married and your wedding will be overseen by a Catholic priest, make sure you get a copy of your wedding certificate signed by them. Because then you get to sit in a special section and he will do you a newlywed blessing. We did not qualify for this because we had not been married yet, even though we were getting married in like two days. And because we were not getting married by a priest. Well, actually, he was. Our celebrant was a Vatican priest for 14 years, but he he left uh, he left the priesthood to get married. So he's not one anymore. But it was great. It's a great wedding. He was great. And I love the fact that he is a former Vatican priest. It was cool. But no special spot for us. And if you get the special spot, you have to come in your wedding dress. What? Yeah. So there were probably about 30 brides there completely decked out 
waiting in line for many, many hours in the very, very hot sun in their wedding dresses. And I felt bad for all of them. That was my experience. If this is something you enjoy, we're hoping to do more special episodes where we just shoot the sh about this kind of thing, or we're actually looking at setting up some interviews and stuff like that. Very specific interviews. Very. But that's kind of what we do. We cover the weird and poppy, so. Again, thank you all if you are listening, because we have now had 20,000 opportunities to enter your ear holes. It's not the same person. No! The same person 20,000 times. That would be our biggest fan, and we'd have to do something special for them. However, I just meant the world in general. We've had 20,000 opportunities to enter your ear holes, and uh, the feedback's been great. So, hooray. If you want to support us, you can now do so on Patreon. Check it out. That's patreon.com forward slash pod. Yeah. And with that, we can say thank you and goodbye. Bye. Bye.